Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. This episode is going to be a little different. We're going to be celebrating the retirement of Master Sergeant Pedro Abreu. Joined the Marine Corps in 1997 and recently retired in 2021. He retired out of the Tilt tilt Rotor uh, Marine Medium Squadron 166 out of San Diego. Uh, And we will talk about his uh, Marine Corps experience. Hello, my name is Mass Sergeant Pedro Abreu. Okay, Mass Sergeant. Uh, I'm just going to call you Pedro. Uh, That's because you and I have a history together. Uh, But I wanted to talk to you today to... uh, to congratulate you on your retirement, first of all, and uh, I think that your uh, service to this country was phenomenal, and um, I wanted to put something together for you so that you can uh, enjoy this later on. Uh, first things first, uh, what made you want to get into the Marine Corps? Um, I actually didn't want to get into the Marine Corps. I actually just wanted to work on airplanes. You just wanted to work I on I wanted aircraft. to be an airplane me- me- mechanic. Yeah. You told me you were going through some kind of program through uh, through high school, right? So when I was in high school, I went to a, uh, a, sc- a high school called Aviation High School uh-huh. where you get certified for actual uh, airframes and power plants uh, license. So I'm actually certified for the AMP. I just never took the test. So, And then I did, some, uh, I did about a year of college and went to NYIT. Mm-hmm. So New York Institute of Technology. And I really wasn't ready for college. I didn't know what I wanted to do there, but I did know I wanted to be like my uh, like my uncle, my uncle uh, Felix, uh, who was an aircraft mechanic for United. And that's what I wanted to do. And the fastest way to do that was to join the military. I actually had no idea about the Marines. So I didn't know they had airplanes or anything. I was actually trying to join the Air Force. And uh, they were never there. So one day... After about going there two or three times, the Marines snatched me up, asked me what it is I was looking for, and I told them, hey, I'm trying to find an Air Force recruiter because I, I want to fix aircraft. I want to be an aircraft mechanic. And they're like, well, we have aircraft, and I had no idea they had aircraft. Yeah. So then I sat down, talked to them, and joined. So. And when they took you to go do your ASVAB score where you, or your <laughs> ASVAB test, uh, how do you think you did? I, I did good. Yeah? Yeah. So you were pretty, real knowledgeable about uh, school and about uh, either comprehension or mathematics or whatever it was. Yeah, so I didn't really study for the ASVAB test. So, but you got a good. I score. just I just went, took it, and got a good score for for av uh, for avionics actually. Avionics. So I went to avionics. So that was uh, on the recommendation of my uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told me to go in avionics. I was kind of hesitant because that wasn't my strong suit. No. But I did it anyway. What so, was your strong suit? Uh, mechanics. Yo. So, so I actually want to be a mate to, yeah, mechanic, mechanic, not a electrician. A grease monkey. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up going in Avi, and actually I went into the airframes program. I finished the airframes program in uh, 
Pensacola, like just a week shy of finishing it, and then I switched over to, to avionics. Did they ask you to, or you yep. just? No, they asked me to dash for volunteers, and I volunteered for really? Avionics. Wow. And then I lost my, my $3,000 entry bonus for airframes. So, uh, yeah. Now, did you, you went to boot camp in uh, North Carolina? Yes, Paris Island. Paris Island. And uh, after that, you went through MCT, obviously, and then you went to A school. Yep. Where was A school at? Pensacola. In Pensacola. So I was, uh, I think I was the first or second class there. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, there were no beds, nothing. Nothing. You guys just kind of winging it off your uh, whatever it was that you guys were doing down there. So you went through A school in Pensacola, probably had a a lot of fun because that's, I hear the beaches down there are awesome. The beaches were nice, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Did you go to a B or C school? I went to the C school in New River, North Carolina, Uh Uh, CNET. Actually, it wasn't CNET at the time, it was uh, NAMTRE, I think it was called. Yeah. So. I remember that down there. Uh, so you went through uh, New River, North Carolina, uh, spent some time down there. How did you like that? I did not like uh, North Carolina at all, but uh, <laughs> it went quick. So, you know. uh, What time of year did you go through that? I think it was uh, end of winter. Oh, the then I went winter. to the end of winter. Yeah. So it wasn't hot and humid? No, nah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. So. Because I know they didn't have uh, the barracks that I was in down there. They didn't have any air conditioning. It's the same barracks for across from that to a chow hall. Yeah. I mean, it's not there anymore, but yeah. Yeah. So. So you finish uh, C school and then you get uh, your first uh, unit. So I went to uh, HMM 364 Purple Foxes. Purple I actually Fox. had orders to uh, 164, I think. One sixty four is right next door. The training yeah, squadron. I think they were the they were deployed at no, it wasn't the training squadron. The the unit I had orders to was deployed at the time. Oh, so okay. I ended up going to three sixty four. Okay. They hadn't come back yet by the time I got there. So they switched me over to that to that unit. Did you know anything about the purple foxes? I didn't even know anything about the forty six. <laughs> I had never seen that helicopter before in my life when I got orders to that. Yeah, right. So And so you get to your first unit in the AVI shop. And you start off. How did it go? Uh, not good. <laughs> so I got there uh, with a Marine called Eichstadt who pretty much had um, man, photographic memory. He had the manuals already memorized from school. And then the other one was Stroh, who was super smart as well. So I was kind of like the oddball out. So you were the one struggling I was the one struggling okay. I didn't get along with the, the staff NCO which uh-huh. was uh, Tracy Byers at the time uh-huh. so and so you were having trouble with the staff NCO you being a new boot to the unit but right. uh, still get uh, getting through the unit I know you uh, with that unit 364 they didn't um, they weren't preparing for the MU or anything at that time right no we did uh, my first week there so I got there, and I think we had to do a 12-bird dead to Vegas that following week. So I checked in, I think like Monday, and then that following Sunday, mm-hmm. we deployed to Vegas. So so that was pretty cool. And at the end of the year, we did the MU. Okay. So so we, we did the workup that year. Yeah. So I got there, they started the workup cycle. So shortly afterwards. How long uh, were you guys on the uh, MU for? 
Uh, standard six months. Six, six months. months. Yeah, it started. Uh, I think we left December, mm-hmm. November, December time frame. Yeah. Did you guys uh, go anywhere or just do the San Diego Five Hundred? Uh, for the workups. Yeah. No, we did a rim pack. Um, yeah, it's pretty much. We did the rim pack for the workup and then the standard El Centro Yuma. Yeah. So. That's not bad. So I didn't meet you until uh, the end of 2000, 2000, the beginning of 2001, when I first checked into uh, 364. Um, I was, my unit had sent me to WTI, and so I went to WTI, and then after that, I checked into 364, which was December time frame, 2000. Uh, after that, I started learning uh, the guys that were around and who was... Who was what? Who would hang out with who? And you had a friend uh, named Teus. Yep. Yeah. So I was in WTI. I think when you met Teus, no. Mm-hmm. Met, yeah. I was at the WTI. So yeah, we were. We, were we, there. we met briefly, so I didn't really go out too much though. No. So. But WTI was all right. Uh, still in November, it was still kind of hot, but uh, I had a good time. Uh, I got to know you guys, and you guys were awesome. Uh, came back to the squadron and still kind of clicked with everybody there. Uh, it's a different story from serving in a unit out in uh, Okinawa than it is uh, in Camp Pendleton, but still, uh, there was some camaraderie, and the, but there was some clicks going on, right? Everybody had their own friends, and yeah. they would go out and hang out at night, but uh, that's kind of how uh, we got to, I got to hang out with you because I was... Uh, really good uh, good friends with Teus and so uh, after the fact uh, how long were you at 364? I was there for seven years so Lance Corporal to Staff Sergeant That's a long so, time uh, yeah picked up Staff Sergeant there out there yeah so and then uh, you got uh, orders to overseas yep so seven years is a long time not being uh, well I mean, you guys did news and stuff, but, uh, and you guys went out to Afghanistan and stuff like that, right? I did not go to Afghanistan. I did, uh, we did the, the first MEW, we did, was it Southern Watch? So that was my first MEW. Then we did, uh, the C5 breakdowns down to Korea. And that's actually, we had to do the, uh, the instruction for the, for the breakdown for the Russian bird, the uh, mm-hmm. AN-124, was yeah. it the Condor? That big Russian one, yeah. So that's bigger than the C five. Mm-hmm. So we did that down to Korea. Then what else did we do? Then we did it. I think we did another Mew. Then we did uh, Kuwait. Kuwait. So the kickoff, the kickoff of uh, OIF. Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah. So you got uh, orders to what unit overseas? Oh, man, I'm so bad with numbers. What was it? Uh, <laughs> I think you were uh, 262. 262, yeah. Uh, flying flying tri- tigers. tigers. Flying Tigers. Me and Servo got orders at the same time. Yeah. Gunny Servo, yeah. So. How did you like that unit? You know, uh, when we first got there, it was kind of hard. Um, they had a lot of issues, but myself, uh, Gunny Servo, and I think there was another flight line marine that went at the same time. Mm-hmm. That staff NCOs. Yeah. So we were able to kind of make it like 364 yeah. very quick between the you know the three of us so and it, you know after like one year it got the, the unit was really good really tight 
Now I remember that uh, when I was stationed on uh, Okinawa that uh, 265 was the prestigious squadron out there and 262 was kind of like the ragtag group. And for you guys to get, uh, I don't know when you guys got there but uh, it might have been changed around or you guys changed it around. So we did we did a lot when we got there we did a lot of changes. Yeah. Um so it started operating pretty much like 364, you know, after after the three of us got there. I can't remember who the the flatline guy was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh so how long did you did you stay with that unit? Uh 6 and a half years. 6 and a half. And then years. just just I set uh just size 7 as well. Um, did you um Go anywhere with that unit? I did a couple of mews, and we did uh, OIF again as well. Mm-hmm. We did the tsunami, uh, tsunami relief, and yeah, the tsunami relief out in uh, Sumatra. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of typhoon reliefs in the Philippines. So and then just Oki five hundred. So. Did you uh, ever uh, get your shell back? I got my show back with 364. Oh, with 364. So that was the first, my first, uh, my first deployment in 97. Okay. That's when I got my show back. So. Now, when you were with uh, 262, uh, you guys did all the relief. You guys had a lot of fun, right? No. The relief? No, uh, when you were you with 262 and uh, doing all the, the tsunami relief. I don't know if it was and, fun, but it was definitely uh, interesting. It was I would say it's a high point in my career. Kind of twenty four hours helicopter operations. Just it was just nonstop. Mm-hmm. So, and we actually got to be part of you know moving all the cargo. You know it was food, fish, rice. Yeah. So I would say we had fun because you know we just, we were just working nonstop. Humanitarian. Right? Yeah, humanitarian. Yeah. So. And then. Uh were you able to take vacation out there while you were stationed out there? We did. Uh, we went to Singapore for our honeymoon. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So we went to China. We did a tour in China. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. So. You guys walked around China, got to see all the, the heritage. Yeah, we went out to uh, what, Tiananmen Square. Uh-huh. The... Uh, Man, what's that? A lot that, of history uh, out there. Uh, yeah, the Great Wall. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was a great, great tour. So, How was the Great Wall? It was good. It was good. Put on walking? We didn't do ta- too much because we just, we had Vanessa with us. and She oh. was she was a newborn. She was Little doing baby. that, you know, Bjorn, baby yeah. Bjorn. So, the Terracotta Warriors was awesome. We were, I really enjoyed that. Did you? That part, we got to see that. Mm-hmm. So, Xiang, I think it's in Xiang, so... So we did that. Well, we did. Uh, and we did Thailand too. We did a scuba diving vacation in Thailand. That was pretty cool as well. What city in Thailand? <sighs> we just want to do. We deployed to Phuket. Phuket. Yeah, I'm Phuket. Yeah. So I pulled in and I took leave. And when the boat pulled in, I took leave and Beto flew in, and we did a little diving vacation for mm-hmm. those four or five days that I was uh, that we were in there, in port. It's pretty awesome. Which squadron uh, did you check into after that? After Oki, we went to North Carolina to CNAT. The CNAT. So yeah, to the you schoolhouse. An instructor. So I became a forty-six uh, instructor. 
I ended up running the schoolhouse and became a master training specialist. I closed down the 46 schoolhouse and I went over to the V22 schoolhouse. How did it feel to uh, close down that program? Very lonely. So I was the, I was actually the last one. I got orders for, for all the instructors and everybody, and I was still stuck there. So every, everybody was gone for the forty for the forty six schoolhouse, but me. So I actually, I think I actually disappeared for a couple months. So I ended up uh, taking some vacation. Then I started uh, taking all the FASO courses, mm -hmm. you know, like QA school, work center supervisor, and I would just just show up to uh, to the schoolhouse in New River in uh, Cherry Point, and they just kind of just let me into any classes because they were trying to open up a schoolhouse, that same schoolhouse in New River. Yeah. So I was getting certified to teach them uh, to teach them, and then use the forty six spaces to teach those courses, and then I went to the Gunny's course. Like I just talked to the Sergeant Major at the time that was there because I knew him, and he let me in without having to do any of the the spreadsheets. And then yeah. finally, I came back just before the Christmas break. It's like, man, I haven't gone to, haven't been in CNAT for like three months. So I went back to check in, and like everybody thought I was gone. <laughs> so everybody thought you had orders. Right? That I had already left, yeah. But I was just kind of doing professional development because mm -hmm. I had no. I was just waiting for orders, and then uh, the V twenty two mass aren't. He was heading out the he was heading out the door, so he was retiring and he had no replacement. So I kind of took over that spot mm -hmm. for my last uh, year. So, the, and he was doing uh, running the program for training there for so in, uh, the schoolhouse, yeah. the entire V twenty two schoolhouse. So, so you started teaching for uh, or running the program for uh, the twenty twos. Yeah. Okay. How'd you like the the transition? Man, the twenty-two is a uh, is a different animal. So a lot of AY. It's all AY. It's all AY. So yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a beast. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really do too much maintenance on uh, the V twenty-two. I kind of did the uh, the transition and went straight into maintenance control. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went to my first squadron. Um, so I really used all my control experience and QA experience, plus my maintenance experience. Yeah. So on that on that aircraft, but yeah, it was it was difficult. So, and they were still testing them at the time that you were doing all that stuff. No, they were they were up. They were doing views and everything. Oh, so, they, yeah, they were they were fully. Ready. I think all the, yeah all the frost squadrons were already gone mm -hmm. by the time I got back to the fleet. So. And so after, uh, you did that. Which was your next unit after that? Uh, Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles. Which is... Who are the Golden Eagles? I'm so bad with numbers. So. <laughs> Where were they located at? They were New River. Oh, New River. Okay. Yeah. So I just crossed the street over from uh, the schoolhouse to the Golden Eagles. It's a uh, 22s, right? Yeah, it was a VMM, yeah, 22s. Yeah. And you were there as a maintenance controller? I went into Avi. VMM 162. Yeah, so I went to Avi for uh, probably just a few weeks, and then I went over to Mains Control. Mm -hmm. So, and I became the Mains Control Chief. And I picked up Mass Art on Mew. Oh, so on the Mew. Yeah. And you guys did uh, not a Westpac, but a Med Med Cruise. Yeah, Med yeah, Cruise. Med Cruise. Yeah. How was that? It was all right. It was. It was. 
interesting because I had never been on a boat with the V22s, and it's it's a lot. You know, the, the, all the other Mews that I had done, really the only ones that needed the playful spots were the 46s. Mm-hmm. And now this Mew, every single aircraft needed a playful spot. So the 53s, the 22s, all the skids. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot more to manage. Yeah. So I wasn't just a controller, but I had to manage, you know, the maintenance spots and all that. So yeah. it, was, it was a learning experience. Same size carrier? So yeah, same size. As the uh, 46? So Boxer, Essex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And at that time, you guys had uh, women on board, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had in the 97 one, too. Did you? Yeah. Oh. It weren't a lot, but yeah. Yeah. So. I remember uh, when I was stationed on Okinawa that uh, back in 2000, maybe 99, uh, we went to go pick up uh, uh, 46 from the U.S., uh, the Essex. And uh, the Essex at that time had a skeleton crew, and they uh, were coming from San Diego. And so we met them in Guam, and that's people were making a big deal because there was women on board. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so you you get to do your med, med pack and go out. Uh, did you go to uh, any uh, foreign countries out, out while you were on that? No, uh, well, not really. Um, it's pretty much the boat broke down in Bahrain. We did some most of the time over there. Then Kuwait, Iraq, and I think it was Oman. That was pretty nice. And that was, that was kind of it. So, okay. but we were really lim- there was really not much libo. So, and you get off the West Pack, and then what happens? Or you get off the Med Pack, and then what happens? So I get so I got promoted. So I got off early to execute orders. I got off like a, a month early. Mm-hmm. So to execute orders, I sat sat in uh, Kuwait or in Iraq. I sat in Iraq for, uh, yeah, probably about 30, 40 days mm-hmm. waiting to go back home. Yeah. So then I got orders to CNAF down there to N422 Bravo or N422 as part of the aviation inspection team. So, we came over to Cali. So, and I was stationed in Coronado. So, Coronado. That was, That's a big difference from uh, North Carolina. It is. It's uh, Well, the job was totally different, too. So, yeah. I was supposed to be an inspector on the inspection teams. So, the senior inspection inspector, they had uh, too many too many avionics, Navy avionics techs. Yeah. So, they really didn't want to give me the opportunity to travel. Because they they wanted the sailors on the team. So I sat there for a little bit, and then I found uh, there was a spot open in M422 Bravo, which was plans, policies, and procedures for O&I level. And I just moved myself over to that that unit. going over policies. And I started working there. Once they realized that they had just lost me, then they're like, oh, we're going to put you on this team. You start next week. And I just pretty much told them, nope, I already got a job. I'm staying here. So and then I refused to to move onto the inspection teams because I liked I liked what I was learning. So it was totally new, you know, doing data analysis, um, researching policy and develop drafting policies for for Navy and Marine Corps aviation. That's a different beast altogether because you have to use know and use different nomenclature and just all kinds of stuff, right? Well, what's funny is the the first policy I turned in, uh, you know, I thought it was perfect. 
I had my little cheat sheet, my little guide on how to set up, how to format everything. And I formatted it, couldn't find anything wrong with it. And I turned it into, so a civilian guy called Bob that uh, ran the show and he, he just red penned the whole thing. <laughs> and like, I'm, a, I'm upset. I was like, what, what's up, Bob? Like, there's nothing wrong with this. And I showed him my reference. He's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that if you're writing this for the Marines. But this is a Navy command, and we use the Navy guide, not the Marine <laughs> supplemental. So, so Bob taught me a lot on, on writing policy yeah. before he retired. So I kind of became the go-to guy. Like a lot of people just kind of dropping off their, their drafts mm -hmm. for me to red pen because I learned a lot from, from Bob during that time. Yeah. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And now, uh, so you did that for how long? I was there for four years, so. Four years, drafting up different policies, and it's mainly for uh, what corrosion inspection or. No, so when I when I got there, they the team only did corrosion, like they were just focusing on that, yeah. and they, and then we just kind of opened it up to more stuff. Yeah. So I started doing a lot more. We did a maintenance policy for the F-18s a little more. We did a couple of corrosion policies, uh, started class. I started uh, a 3D printing policy for, for the for the Navy and Marine Corps. They wanted to start printing printing aviation parts. Yeah. There was no policy, so I kind of started the initial drafts on that and, and outlines for what they wanted. So what the, what the policy officers wanted, what the engineers wanted, kind of started putting that outline together so they could kind of move forward. And that's kind of one of the last projects I, I left uh, before I started, before I left. So I didn't finish it, but I got the initial bones done on it. That's pretty awesome. So After you uh, checked out of there, where'd you go to after that? I went to VMM 166. 166, and that's yeah. on Miramar? It's on Miramar, yep. Yeah. So the Sea Elks. The Sea Elks. How'd you like that? Man, I got there, and it was... You went back into maintenance, right? I went back. I went as AVI chief. I was real excited because when I picked up Massarn, I wanted to to have a division, my own avionics division. So, man, but I got there, and it was just like, what the fuck? I don't know if I can curse on this thing, but... Yeah, it's just like, what the hell is going on here? Um, there was an individual officer that was running maintenance by with his iron fist and everybody was scared of him and I got there and he kind of explained his maintenance philosophy to me one day you know, we had a discussion he got all the OIC, maintenance OICs together and myself um, and he explained his maintenance philosophy and I think at that point I just stopped him I was like like Stop, dude! You just you just made all these young captains just dumber by what you just said. Like I 100% disagree with what you're saying. I'm not buying that, and I'm not gonna back you up on any of that. So we had a strained working relationship for a while uh, until we got on on a similar page. So 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 it was kind of hard. The the CDIs and the CDQs, there was no motivation there. They, they actually, I think that my, my like third week in there, they had a revolt, almost. Really? Like they all threatened to quit. Like, so, so because it was of him or because you were changing? No, no, up? because of the way maintenance oh, was, was being run. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, so it was um, interesting. It was a different beast. It was yeah. a different animal, and I kind of did the pushbacks, a lot of pushbacks and a lot of arguments. Uh, but uh, but it ended up being a, a good unit, a stressful unit, but you know, a lot of good people around. I had some good maintainers, yeah. so yeah. yeah. And so you did that for how long? One six six. So that was two years, yeah, two two and a half years, I think. And that wasn't your last quarter, right? Yeah, that was the last quarter. Oh, that was your last quarter. Yeah. Okay. And so <clears throat> you knew you were going to retire, but you did you have plans to reenlist, or what did you? So I knew I wanted to retire. So I wanted to retire prior to going to one six six. I yeah. wanted to retire out of CNAF. But I wasn't ready yet because I didn't have my degree. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do a two-year reenlistment, and they denied it for four years. Okay. That way they could deploy me. So I accepted it. Um, and then this last year, I was kind of on the fence. I wanted to retire, but I was also in zone for, uh, for Master Guns, for E9. Yeah. But uh, once we went out there at the point, we, went to, we did a special MAGTAF. Out in Kuwait, I, I stayed in Kuwait um, with the main main body of the unit. Kind of had some issues with uh, with, with COVID, COVID right? yeah. So I wasn't able to to maintain my physical fitness. Um, and it was it was a real stressful year. So um, at that point, I just you know I decided like, well, you know, I think. Uh, it's time to, to kind of just stay home. So I called up my senior enlisted uh, advisor. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that's in charge of uh, advocating for me on the on the board if I get selected. Yeah. And he pretty much told me flat out, if I get master guns, I'm going to I'm going overseas. So at that point, it's like, ah, okay, I'm just don't even bother. I'm just gonna drop my papers today then. Yeah. So and I I called Vero, I talked to her, and decided to retire. So. Now, I remember that you uh, got really sick with the COVID, right? So when I had COVID, so the time I was positive, it wasn't, it was pretty mild compared to everybody else. Uh -huh. It was the after effects. Uh -huh. So once I tested negative, so I did my, I actually did like 30-day quarantine uh -huh. almost. So after I came out of quarantine, when I actually was able to kind of move around, I was stuck in a room, I got really some bad after effects. I had a lot of lung issues, uh, fatigue issues. I couldn't open water bottles. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of hence the problem with my physical fitness. I was, I was doing three, prior to, I was doing three hour sessions, mostly running uh, cardio, um, probably average about 10 to 15 miles a day yeah. to not even able to walk for two minutes. Like I couldn't make it to the chow hall. That's pretty bad. So, and then yeah. that lasted for quite a, quite a long time. Uh, it's been over a year now, and I'm kind of still dealing with that. Uh -huh. So I still can't run. So oh, you haven't ran since then? I've tried running. I think the most I could do is maybe half mile before I'm just totally done, like exhausted without energy and can't make it back home. Uh -huh. So so yeah, so it's been a year. Yeah, that's that's a shame because I know you uh, exercise a lot. You like to bike. Yeah. Um, yeah, you really like to hit the trails and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So. And so uh, you retired, and well, you're 
official day is October, right? 30 September, yeah. My terminal started yesterday, so I can pick up uh, my DD-214. I was supposed to pick it up yesterday. Did you... Um, did you have any reservations about not doing it? Did you... Do you feel like you're letting anybody down by, by retiring? I do not. Um, I think I did a really good job throughout my career in accomplishing uh, what I wanted to. I know I didn't feel bad because when I decided to retire, um, pretty much I got, I got pulled off the promotion list. So the board was uh, coming into session. I had a really good package. Um, I know I would have got selected. I was probably, I think I was like number five on the list of who they're promoting, of of the selection list, not who they're promoting for the board. And I had a real good package. So I think I would have, I know I would have gotten it, but when it came out and I didn't see my name on there, I didn't regret it. Mm. Like, I didn't feel bad that I retired. I didn't pick up Master Guns. I just kind of felt like, yeah, you know, that kind of let me know, hey, that's, that was the right choice because I've seen a lot of people that decide to retire just before the board and then they, they see the the names come out, the promotion list comes out and like all their buddies or Marines that are under them get selected and they don't and then they regret it. So mm. uh, I think I saw like two of the, two of the mass arms that were like a year or two behind me. There's yeah. a lot of, ma a lot of mass arms retired this year. Did they? Yeah. So I think the top, the, the first 10 or 11, I think retired. Um, so a lot of junior mass arms got selected for master guns. So I was actually kind of the two that I knew that were on the board. I was actually happy for them, and I wasn't like, "Fuck, I should have stayed in." Right? <laughs> I, I just kind of that just kind of let me know, hey, I made the right choice. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you said you did get your degree. What kind of degree did you get? I got an associate's in general education, okay. which took me a very long time. So because I started that before, you know, internet uh, or online school was available. Oh, and end up finishing, and I got a bachelor's in human resource management. Oh, you did get it through, human yeah, yeah, through uh, UMUC or what's it called now, uh, University of Maryland Global Campus is this new name. Do you did you go into human resources because you like dealing with people, or why did you go into that? So I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just started reading a whole bunch of the degrees and what they were, mm. and human resource management had more of a like a training and development type uh description to it and i really liked that and it was also a degree i could fully get online like i initially wanted to get a degree in like math or or engineering but at the time there were no there were no programs that were fully available you know 100 percent online which is something i needed because my job yeah. but with the hr i was able to get you know you know 100 percent online degree so that's awesome are you currently looking for a job right now, or is this something that you're just going to kind of kick back a little bit and enjoy yourself? No, so I have applied for a few jobs, but jobs that really kind of stood out to me as like, this is going to, you know, this sounds really exciting. This sounds really, really good. Um, but most of those were kind of long shots. Mm -hmm. Like, I applied for them. They wanted to fill the position in May. I wasn't available till, till mid-June. But I was like, you know what, hey, let, me, let me try anyway because this would be a really good position. One of them was for a job in SeaWorld as HR, and then one was um, 
director of veteran services at one of the universities in oh. San Marcos. So, and then uh, currently waiting for a technical development job with this company called ASML Simer. Mm. So, that one, they actually reached out to me and said, uh, you know, hey, we kind of want you to apply. And they told me I was one of the top two candidates. So, I feel I did really good on my first actual interview. Mm-hmm. So, it was a long interview. So from you said it was almost eight hours, right? So I did. I did three interviews. The first interview was with HR, and it was about forty minutes. The second interview was with the hiring manager, and that was about forty-five minutes. And then the third interview was with a lot of people. So it was with the training team, all the engineering managers, and it was from zero eight to like two fifteen. So it was it was it was long, and that was my first ever interview. So, but I, I think I did well. I think I did well on it. So, that's pretty crazy. So, I'm just kind of waiting to hear back, see whether I got the job or not. They did tell me I was one of the top two candidates. Yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. And yeah, I I think that you did. Uh, when I served with you, uh, three sixty four, it was it was awesome to watch you. Uh, not only uh, take care of all your friends because you were most of the time you were the designated driver but uh, yeah just even with that Ava shop or even with Marines in general with our unit we, you were always uh, all about that troop welfare which was pretty awesome um, so once again I just wanted to congratulate you and job well done sir um, and I hope to uh, to see you enjoy your retirement first before you uh, get a good job and go out there and uh, start kicking ass out in the civilian world. Well, I think I'm going to start looking full-time <laughs> this week. So yeah. if I don't hear back from this uh, this one job. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to say anything to the Marines out there? No? Nope. Just leave it as is. Yeah. Uh, thank you for doing this. And... Uh, We'll talk about it. We'll talk again later. Ra. Here are some comments from his retirement ceremony by his loved ones, family members, and friends. What's your name? Veronica Abreu. And who are you? I am Master Sergeant Pedro Abreu's wife. What would you like to tell him? Um, just how proud of him I am. Um, it's been a crazy 18 years together. Um, but it has flown by, and I'm just so proud of everything he's done, from the humanitarian missions to the Muse, the deployments, and just how amazing and what a supportive person he's been, even while he's been away. Um, never faltering from, you know, being a strong support for me and for his daughters, um, even while caring for his Marines. So I just... I love them, and I'm looking forward to the next part of our life where we get to be together. Congratulations! Congratulations! Buenas, Pedro. Estoy aquí parado para darte la felicitación y ver que me siento un padre muy feliz a ver tu logro, que a ver tu logro de haber llegado 25 años sirviéndole a este país tan grandioso. No tengo suficiente palabra para decirte lo mucho que me siento también en este momento y decir que 
llegate. Llegate, mi hijo, sigue para adelante, todavía te, sigue, te falta mucho, te quiero mucho, me siento feliz. Y lo único que te puedo decir, te quiero y me siento bien. Felicidades, mi hijo. I love you. Hi, um, it's me, Steven. Um, I guess what I want to say is that I know that we haven't spent much time together growing up. We've had kind of our own living spaces, but what's always comfortable is that when we do come together, it's like we've always been together and kind of in, in the grown up together. We spend time talking and, and, and it's always nice to be able to spend time together and hopefully now you retire, we can come out here, you guys can come out east and uh, spend a little bit more time together as a, uh, as a group. So hopefully this retirement and you find something nice to do and find a hobby because you're going to have too much time to yourself. Congratulations. Hey Pedro, it's me Teresa. I love you. Congratulations and wish you all the best of luck. Pedro, yo soy tu mami América, tu abuela. Él me dice mami. Que le doy gracias a Dios porque comenzamos contigo desde tu inicio en Marines y verte retirado hoy para nosotros, especialmente para mí, es un gran privilegio. Le doy gracias a Dios porque saliste, trabajaste como un soldado eh, fuerte y firme y saliste en grande. Bendiciones para ti y tu familia. Sí, Pedro, eh, bendiciones. Esto me alegro muchísimo que usted, que podamos, usted ha hecho todo y hoy en día ya está en retiro. Eh, le tenemos mucho aprecio, especialmente a usted, yo lo veo como un hijo, lo quiero mucho, eh, ya usted sabe, bendiciones. Hey, this is Javier Castillo. Um, I just wanted to let you know, uh, or actually tell you thanks for always being there for me and giving me a lending year every time that I needed advice. Thank you. I uh, wish you the best of luck. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, Pedro, this is Donald Herrera. I just want to say congratulations on 24 years of retirement. And as great of a guy as you are, I'm sure you're going to have a great time um, as a civilian now that you're off base. And we look forward to having a lot more time with you. Congratulations, buddy. Hi, Pedro. It's Jessica. Just want to say this is a long time coming. Congratulations. I hope it's a long, happy retirement, and you deserve every bit of happiness that is coming in the years to come. Um, Pedro, you've done so much, and I'm so proud of you. Uh, this is Cynthia. Um, I mean, there's not a lot I can say that you haven't done. You've succeeded in your career as well as succeeding as a father, a husband, and also helping me and Emma out as well and taking care of us. So thank you. We love you. And can't wait to see what else you do. Congratulations. Hey, Pedro. Just want to say, you know, congratulations, you know, to, uh, you know, your great, you know, 24 years of service. So I know that, you know that was a big sacrifice, not only you know on your part, but also Veronica and the kids. And we're glad you know that you are finally retiring, you know, and you're gonna can keep going, you know, with your new life, you know, as a civilian. And I know you're gonna go you know, to greater things. 
So thank you very much for your service. Congratulations. Okay, congratulations. Mi nombre es Belen Muro. Pedro is mi hijo. So quiero felicitarlo. Congratulations, Pedro, for your retirement. You know we love you very much and you're accomplished a lot. So we're very proud of you for what you've done. And I thank you very much for your service. And we love you very, very much. Thank you, Pedro, for everything. And for being a good husband, a good father. And we, I want to say congratulations. Pedro. Quiero darte las gracias por habernos hecho esta invitación. Fue un honor, Pedro, porque no me imaginaba que fuera una cosa tan linda tu homenaje. Gracias, Pedro, por habernos incluido en tu invitación. Congratulations, Theo. Theo, I hope you had a good retirement. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love you. This is Emma and... Say congratulations. Congratulations and have a nice retirement and I hope you have a nice day. Tell him he's the best deal ever. You're the best deal ever, bye! Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.